really flips the switch from a community that is angry online operating within the digital space to a community that has the potential to carry out real acts of violence. R.I.P. Elliot Roger, 1991-2014. If you want to stop this from happening to other parents and other innocent children, you need to get to the individual. You need to find a way to reach them and help them and realize that suicide isn't the way out. Going out with a bang so you can make the news isn't the way out. The police should be looking at this in the same way they look at religious extremism online. And then at a more local level, we don't have enough discussion around mental health implications of our technological culture. The reality of our situation is painfully simple. Our, our daughter died because some individual couldn't cope. If this individual had felt there were avenues for help, had felt that there were people who are willing to help him understand rejection, failure, uh, frustration, and help him through it, then my daughter might still be here. This guy who killed my daughter is gone. He doesn't feel a damn thing, right? We feel it every day. That's our reality now. It's an online subculture defined by anger and loneliness, translated into hatred for women. Jake Davison described himself as an incel, what appears to be a growing community of men who identify as involuntary celibate or unable to form intimate relationships with women. You know, the reality is, is that, you know, love is for the young. You know, love is for the young. That's the fact of the matter. His videos have since been taken off message boards and forums, but you can see him clearly interacting with incel groups, describing his deteriorating mental health, posting this clip that he felt represented their plight. Shunned, oppressed, and conquered by those we sought to escape. And submerging himself into violent video games and gun culture. Is this the latest face of evil in America? This is not the first time that the incel movement, which started in the United States, has been linked to mass killings. Just 22 days ago, Davison was discussing US shooting sprees, claiming the UK had more guns than people think. The incel ideology is really dangerous. It is a shared hatred of women that brings men together uh, online uh, mainly, but very often uh, takes them offline into abuse, harassment and, and violence. This isn't the first incident there where the incel ideology has cropped up. And so I think it's something that needs to be taken much more seriously by government and social media firms. Last night, the dark underbelly of a virtual world made real. Today, questions over the ability of online movements to radicalize the angry and vulnerable and how social media platforms should intervene. Well, earlier I spoke to the writer Laura Bates, who spent two years researching online misogynistic groups, and I began by asking her to explain the term incel. 
an incel is uh, somebody who describes themselves as involuntarily celibate. In other words, somebody who isn't having sex but wants to be. They're a member of an extremely violently misogynistic online community, um, which is a sort of sprawling web of forums, websites, members groups, and essentially they advocate sexual violence and massacring women. We tend to think of them as something to do with the US associated with the far right. Is that how it works here in Britain? And, and how big a community are they? Well, I'd say this is very much a transnational community. Um, they are very much active in the UK. They are also active in the US. And yes, there are enormous overlaps uh, between this particular ideology and white supremacy and other racist ideologies. In the UK, I'd say we're talking about uh, perhaps 10,000 people um, who are specifically members of or actively involved in these forums in the US and more broadly, perhaps in the hundreds of thousands. And you're in no doubt about the fact that some of these people can be very, very dangerous. Absolutely. We know this explicitly. We know that again and again, men very specifically acting in the name explicitly of incel ideology and describing themselves as incels have gone offline and committed mass attacks, mass murders. Specifically, um, incels speak about wanting to murder and inflict pain on women as punishment for the fact that they aren't having sex. And it is that hatred of women that is so dangerous? I think partly it's the hatred of women that's very dangerous and partly the fact that it isn't taken seriously. Even when men like Alec Manassian, men like Elliot Roger, um, when men who have committed mass atrocities have explicitly described themselves as incels and said that they've done it in the name of this hatred of women, they've been uh, radicalised online into a form of extremism, we don't tend to describe them as terrorists or their acts as terrorism. And that makes it difficult to tackle them. It makes it difficult to stop this radicalization from um, appealing to teenage boys who are very vulnerable to grooming by these extremists because we don't label it in an accurate way. So, so for example, in a case like this, when the police moved very, very quickly to say this case is not to do with terrorism, is it your view that actually if killings are motivated by a fundamental hatred of women, that it should be regarded as some form of terrorism? If that is the case, then yes, I think it should be, as it rightly would be if killings were motivated by extremist hatred of another demographic group. Um, I recognise that details are still coming in about this case, but the move so quickly to completely rule out a link to terrorism is extremely disheartening because it suggests that we just don't take extremist misogyny and violence against women seriously on the same level that we do other threats and other forms of extremism. And what would need to change for us to do that? Well, simply, I think we need at a political level and within the criminal justice system, at a policing level, to recognise and take seriously the fact that there are groups of men out there, there are communities out there explicitly devoted to violent hatred of and specifically grooming and radicalising boys into violent hatred of women. We should bring this into line with other forms of hatred and other forms of extremism that fall under the international definition of terrorism, as I would argue this also does. And just very briefly, I mean, what role, in your view, should the tech companies play in this? Because so much of this is played out online, isn't it? 
Absolutely, there is definitely more that tech companies could be doing. I recognise that there are freedom of speech issues that have to be weighed, but I'm not talking about people making some off-colour sexist jokes. I'm saying when somebody is actively using a social media platform or a website to incite hatred and to suggest ways in which people could go offline and massacre women, then they should be treated accordingly. And at the moment, I think social media platforms aren't taking this seriously in the way that they do some other forms of terrorism. Laura Bates, thanks so much for speaking to us this evening. Thank you. Now, sisters and brothers, we know we got over by the blood, the sweat, and the tears of sheroes and heroes, some whose names we know and some whose names we do not know. But I want to tell you something. We have been here before. Now, the only difference is we got some company, Rev. We got our gay lesbian sisters and brothers with us this time. We got our Hispanic, Asian, Native American sisters and brothers with us this time. I think Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King said we may not have gotten here on the same ship, but we are in the same boat right now. In Father Teresa's Wine Cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. looking at this thing here so we're into this book men who hate women by laura bates and um i went ahead and got myself a copy based off of i don't actually remember who (laughs) right because so many people can be in the comments section uh Mm -hmm. but someone uh i think at like the bottom of the summer beginning of fall somewhere around there uh somebody suggested it and I just ordered it, like, right there on the spot. I just opened up the mm-hmm. the Amazon application and said, Bezos, you need this. Mm-hmm. And um, and got the book. <clears throat> and um, I got the audio book, too, so that I can kind of read it when I'm sitting in my little uh, office space, whatever, the, at the factory. <laughs> or be on the floor and uh-huh. be listening to the audio book. And what I ultimately came away with was... We cannot do book club chapter by chapter. Hmm. That shit takes too damn long to read. Yeah. Right? Like fucking the beginning of the book, it's probably going to take you 25 minutes just to go through the uh, introduction of the book. Yeah. I'm looking right now. Um, it's like 340 pages. 
<laughs> it's a lot of pages. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and it, but really, is it? I mean, for <laughs> what it's doing, it's not. But like, as you know, as we're all living in this fucking a capitalist hellscape, it yeah. seems like a lot because like, who the fuck has just like six hours to dedicate to reading a book? You know. Yeah. Even if it is, the context is important. The content does matter. But yeah, I, I get how it's like. This feels overwhelming. <laughs> and something else is like um. This Laura Bates is making sure to get every fucking detail she can in there. Yeah. So some of the sentences are long as fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll fuck around and, like, while you're reading, you'll do a punctuating tone only to find that there's so much more sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So prepare to get conned. Got it. And then um, this book club and the stuff that I've been posting to the Mr. Williams Laborhood page is going to bring people that have never heard me speak before. Mm. Uh, so why? Why is this cishet of man engaging this material? Mm-hmm. Uh, the short of it, and we can riff on it more, but I don't want to take up too much time, is my biological mother was raised me proactively, mm-hmm. and that's what people need to do with their boys, with their offspring in general, but Jesus Christ with the boys you need to raise them on purpose none of this fucking um well hey they can do enough to just leave them alone now no the fuck they can't that motherfucker can end up real fucking dangerous if you're not raising them deliberately in the direction you want them to go mm-hmm. yeah because many which people, we yeah. literally just had this discussion last night oh we're talking about like with the with, uh, the, wh- with the youtube yeah, with why, the child, with the YouTube. Yeah, like th- this household is a no YouTube household. People no, be like, that's no. too extreme. No. They're going to fall out of step with their generation. Their generation with what? What is really produced culturally in America right now, generationally? Hmm. Really? Nothing. Like, fact is, we got to. I'm going to go check the side door. I think that's coming from outside. Yeah, that, that's, a, <laughs> a, that's an outside cat blasting at the uh, side door. Uh, but you have to deliberately raise them. And yeah, this is a no YouTube household. We just don't fucking do it. Right? And what and what are they really going to be out of step with? Saying based cringe and bro? They're not missing anything. And if anything, they're in a capitalist society. And coming from a working class background, they mostly need to be able to... Um, to labor, to clock in and get a job done. That's going to be most of what they need to do. They're not at a step with jack shit that is worth worrying about. All right, y'all niggas be worried about your kids being popular. Fuck all that. Raise your kid to be an adult. The kid part is short as fuck and not particularly, um, like, it doesn't have a lot of effect on the rest of the world. But once they're an adult, even especially with boys when they're a teenager, they're going to affect other people. So how are you going to raise them to affect other people? Constructively or negatively? Not a lot of in-between. All right? And who you're hearing when you hear me. I'm a hood nigga that didn't die. So it's kind of awkward that I'm just here. But since I'm a hood nigga that didn't die and I'm still alive, I might as well uh, uh, take the foundation that my mother built and add on to it. So already headed in this direction. Um, I was born in 1983. Before the 1990s, 
I knew what rape was, all right? I knew what um, what catcalling was, and I knew that these were bad things. I knew the accurate terms for genitals and knew that they were private and people, you know, like, I didn't know the word consent, but you know that you don't do this to a person. You don't do that to another human being. And I took that shit serious, all right? So that's who I am. <laughs> and uh, that's you're basically going to engage the material through me engaging the material with my non-academic off the block ass. All right. How fun. Um, did I tell you that when oldest child was in a uh, Catholic private school, they started teaching um, in sex ed. They were teaching them like how to properly identify genitals uh, as an attempt to um, curb the child sexual abuse scandals. Uh, but, no, but I, I've heard that you you just should do that. Yeah, because then kids can say what's happening. But there were actually parents who had their kids in the school. It took their kids out and like they were protesting because they did not want their children to understand what the words like penis and vagina meant. And I was like, but if someone touches your child's penis, how are they going to tell you? And also, like your child, <laughs> strong chance they're carrying one of those. You don't want them to know their own shit? Right, seriously. No, they don't, though, because they're like, no, it's going to encourage children to have sex and, like, engage in sexual immorality. Like, talking about sex makes people have sex. Like, that was really the um, the mindset. And I was like, no, I want my child to be able to come to me if someone does something to them and be able to say, like, exactly what happened. Because this, and that's the thing I don't think people realize, like, when children get questioned, right, because that's going to happen next, yeah. if you know, authorities get involved and they're in court, it's very different for a child to be able to say that um, this grown-up touched my penis without permission or touched my vagina without permission versus a child saying, like, they put their hand in my no-no place. It's yeah. very fucking different. So, yeah, teach your kids that. But, yeah, that just reminded, as you were saying that, that reminded me of that, that parents were, like, literally mad and, like, protesting. Like, no, don't tell our children how to identify sexual assault. That goofy shit. So by virtue of knowing that their genitals exist, they want to have sex with them. Yep. You know what? I'll follow that logic, stupid ass. This is why I give conservatives no quarter, <laughs> all right? Uh, you know what? Let, let's fuck around with that logic. By virtue of having hands, I just kind of want to smack the shit out of you. <laughs> because that's what hands do. That's what hands do. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, into the book we go. Yes, and we're starting with the introduction, yes. And feel free, like, let emotions fly, read with gusto. Like, if I read any chapters, <laughs> I'm going to yell, because, like, the shit makes you mad. Yes. Well, I'm already annoyed by the first sentence, so yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to be loud. Laura Bates, Men Who Hate Women, uh, first book club. Yes. Uh, so, imagine a world in which w millions of women are raped, beaten, mutilated, abused, or murdered every year because of the simple fact that they are women. Girl, I don't need to imagine. <laughs> imagine a world in which the hatred of women is actively encouraged with sprawling, purpose-built communities of men dedicated to fueling and inflaming the cause. Imagine a world in which such hatred blends seamlessly with racist rage, whores are blamed for contaminating superior bloodlines, invading savages conjured uh, from self-hate-fueled imaginations, framed as plunderers of the dehumanized commodity of the fragile white woman. Imagine a world in which thousands of men band together, united by a common code of vitriolic rage, demonizing and railing against evil, soulless, greedy women, graphically pro plotting their rape and destruction in a glorious, bigoted uprising. Imagine a world in which some men actually enact such fantasies, killing women in mass murders, leaving behind manifestos explaining the ideology that drove them to commit these acts of terrorism. 
Imagine a world in which vulnerable men, lost boys, and confused, scared teenagers are swept up and preyed upon by such communities, which feed their fears and push them towards hatred, violence, and self-destruction. We're supposed to be just doing a straight read, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It's hard to do. I have comments, so much commentary. Yes. Yeah, but okay. we, 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 can, we can tackle it a, a, after the read. Whew. Or fuck it. You know what? We'll, we'll see how, how audience interaction goes. There's no one tuned in live right now. This may be, as it tends to go, mostly folks interacting with the archive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, just that whole, like, the, but the boys. Uh, no, no. Um, you don't have to imagine that world. You already live in it. But perhaps you didn't know that because we don't like to talk about it. Yes. Uh, we don't like to risk offending men. We find it hard to think of straight white men as a homogenous group. <laughs> Though it comes so easily when we think of other types of people because we are used to affording such men the privilege of discrete identities. These men are complex, heroic, individual. Their decisions and choices are seen to spring from a set of distinct and unique circumstances because we see them as distinct and unique people. We don't mind talking about women as a group and about violence against women as a phenomenon, but we do so as, it, as though it's something that just happens. We do not, as a rule, talk about male perpetrators of violence against women. We describe a woman as having been raped. We discuss rates of women sexually abused or beaten. We do not speak in terms of men committing rape or being sexual assaulters and violent abusers. This is what it makes it so easy to focus on women's dress, behavior, and choices when we consider sexual violence. To warn women to take precautions to protect themselves and implicitly or explicitly blame those victims who do not. Because rape is a shadowy, dark thing waiting to befall women who walk in alleyways wearing short skirts and not a deliberate criminal choice being made by real men. When we are forced to confront these men because high-profile cases hit the headlines, we describe them as beasts and monsters in order to, in order to separate them clearly from those who are other ordinary decent men who we walk along with every day. We do not count them, quantify them, or study them in any meaningful sense. In fact, we rarely talk about them at all. If we talk about masculinity, patriarchy, or male privilege, the conversations are immediately derailed by accusations of generalization and prejudice. Not all men, raises, arises the cry. It's too simplistic, too offensive, too broad. Yet we raise few such, few such objections when the crimes of brown, a man with brown or black skin are immediately assumed to be related to his race or religion. To speak ill of masculinity, to describe it in its current social iteration, is something problematic. It's seen as an attack on men themselves. To question why some men behave in certain ways is viewed as an assault on all men and is thus unacceptable. Yet the opposite is true. Those who speak of toxic masculinity are not criticizing men, but rather defending them, describing an ideology and a system that pressures boys and men in our societies, in our families, to conform to unrealistic, unhealthy, and unsustainable ideals. Crushing gender stereotypes are damaging to men as individuals, as well as to the, to the, to the society in which they live. Tackling this problem, dismantling these pressures, is a matter of life and death for our boys. They are toppling like dominoes into the chasm we leave behind them when we tiptoe around and refuse to name the problem. But we don't like to offend men, so we don't mention it. We do not use the word terrorism when describing a crime of mass murder committed by a white man with the explicit intent of creating terror. Sorry, I have to read that sentence again. Um, <clears throat> We do not use the word terrorism when describing a crime of mass murder committed by a white man with the explicit intention of creating terror and spreading hatred among a specific demographic group, even though that is the definition of terrorism, if the demographic is women. 
the man just gets disturbed, deranged, or lone wolf. We use this language that designates his, him as an outlier. We do not call his online journey a radicalization or use the word extremism to label the online communities in which he has immersed himself, although we would reach for those words uh, in an instant when describing other similar types of crimes committed by other different types of men. We do not hate what led him to commit these crimes or how he became full of hate. The majority of men are good and kind and would never dream of committing such crimes, but that must not prevent us from recognizing those who do, uh, but that must not prevent us from recognizing that those who do are not always acting in a vacuum. And if we don't see the connections, if we don't even consider masculinity and its toxic societal construction as a factor into play in these crimes, we will never effectively police or prevent them. This doesn't mean treating all men as the enemy, quite the opposite. It means embracing the legions of men who are working at the uh, grassroots level, male activists and educators who are throwing their all into fighting the problem. There exists a real men's movement founded in the late 1960s to complement the booming uh, women's liberation movement, still active today, that encompasses communities truly fighting to tackle the many legitimate problems impacting men's lives, as well as individual men fighting to defeat issues like relationship violence. It is a movement that seeks to question and dismantle toxic masculinity, realizing that it is harmful to men and women. But, but it is uh, threatened and overshadowed by other hateful male movements. This is not just about women and girls. It's also a battle for, to protect the boys who are lost, who fall through the cracks of our society's stereotypes and straight into the arms of communities ready to recruit them, greedy to indoctrinate them with fears of threats to their manhood, their livelihood, their country. While pretending that what threatens these boys is women or immigrants or non-white men, the real threat comes from the very forms of rigid manhood their so-called saviors are desperate to preserve and promote. Yet we'd rather stay ignorant of this misogynistic hate movement actively grooming and radicalizing our boys than be forced to confront it. Maybe this all sounds very extreme, rather exaggerated. Perhaps you think there might be one or two men online with wild opinions and worrying views about women, but that's just the internet. They're just sad teenagers sitting in their parents' basements, whiling away the hours in a pair of grubby underwear, clutching a bag of Doritos under one arm. They don't pose any real threat. They're more to be pitied than feared. Even the word we use to describe the self-hating community encapsulates this attitude perfectly. Beyond the occasional news report or small circle conversations within feminist activist spheres, most of us do not know about the sprawling web of groups, belief systems, lifestyles, and cults that this book will unravel. Those who do describe it as the manosphere. Like the man cave, man flu, man bag, we use man as a prefix to denote a sort of gentle ridicule, suggesting something slightly pathetic, a deviation from traditional masculinity. The manosphere is seen as a joke and therefore harmless, but it isn't. It is an interconnected spectrum of different but related groups, each with their own rigid belief systems, lexicons, and forms of indoctrination. This book will explore the links in the chain from incels to pickup artists, men going their own way to men's rights activists, and how they exist as a kind of living, breathing ecosystem in a close symbiotic relationship with other online communities like white supremacists and trolls. It will explore the ways in which these groups expand a vast spider web of sites, blogs, forums, chat rooms, groups, and social media accounts, and reveal just how easily boys can blunder across the edges of this web and find themselves stuck, then gently rolled closer and closer to its center with smooth efficiency. These are communities that exist largely online. The massive underbelly of the iceberg is going largely unnoticed and unseen, yet the tip extending into our real world is becoming bolder and sharper every day. Perhaps you will think we all need to calm down and remember that what happens online isn't real life. Sticks and stones might break your bones and all that. 
Maybe you've heard that freedom of speech is under threat, and if millennial snowflakes and PC warriors are allowed to have their way, nobody will ever be able to say anything critical about women or minority groups on the internet again. Or you might have heard that one of our vital freedoms is being undermined by pearl-clutching humorless women taking offense at a few risque jokes. But what if there's more to it than that? What if it's almost impossible to come to grips with the epidemic of violence facing women and girls when we're not able to clearly name and examine the problem? What if we can't take a comprehensive and effective approach uh, approach to policing acts of violence because we don't describe them in ways that acknowledge the connections between them? What if we're so inured to particular forms of violence that we consider them cultural, personal, inevitable? What if our ideas about men and women, uh, about misogyny and hate crimes, about what terrorists look like are so trapped in stereotypes that we're making terrible mistakes? What if those mistakes have devastating consequences? What is his problem? Is that outside? No. Inside? Mm-hmm. Trying to come in the basement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what if there was some kind of early warning system that could have alerted us to the possibility of tragedy in case after case of violence, but we never saw the red flags? What if legions, legions, huh, excuse me, what if legions of abused women, uh-oh, I lost my place. Uh, what if legions of abused women were canaries singing in the coal mines, but their songs going unheard? What if violence against women has become so much of a part of the wallpaper of our lives that it has blended in altogether? What if our desensitization, desensitization, I can't say desensitized, wow, uh, to low level uh, misogyny is preventing us from recognizing a fully blown crisis. It's a little bit easier to see the signs if you're a woman. It's significant, significantly clearer if you're a woman who has voiced her opinion online. It's blindingly obvious if you're a woman involved in feminist activism, because then you don't have the luxury of continuing to look the other way. The hate comes to you. Then they get in touch. For nearly a decade, men have sent me daily messages, often hundreds, outlining their hatred of me, fantasizing about my brutal rape and murder, detailing weapons they would use to slice my body open and disembowel me, describing me as a dripping poison, sketching visions of lying in wait outside my home, letting me know which particular serial killer they'd particularly like to emulate as they end my life. Why are these men so angry? Why do they hate me so much? Because I started a little website called the Everyday Sexism Project, through which people of any gender can talk about their experiences of sexism and inequality. I asked people to share their stories, and I gave them a space to do so. And that innocuous, simple act in 2012 was enough to unleash a torrent of abuse that continues to this day, spiking and redoubling every time I talk about the project online or in the media. It follows me to speaking events where angry men hand out flyers calling me a liar, or into bookstores where they leave handwritten notes in my books warning readers that women lie about rape. It trails me from television studios when men have seen me on the news, so I arrive home and open my laptop to find messages about using my hair as handlebars and raping me until I die. Long descriptions about uh, being abused and violated, messages about what about my hypothetical future children being raped, notes about destroying my genitals and vagina, videos that depict me as the devil, fantastical rants about my partner and threats, threats to harm my family, graphic details of how they'll track me down and violate me using pieces of furniture and film themselves raping me. After that, it's even easier to see the warning signs. <laughs> Easier to join the dots between the abuse that's hurled at women and ethnic minority politicians online, the lack of diversity in our legislatures, and the murder of a British female member of the parliament in cold blood in her own constituency. 
Between the vitriol that faces girls who play games online, the sharp cutting edges of their social media feeds, and the real cuts that litter their teenage bodies when half of them have self-harmed and a quarter have mental illness. Between the women who die silently, uncounted and unaccounted for, for the articles that sympathize with the poor heartbroken murderers, the stories that claim that the wives withholding sex drive, uh, with, the, the stories that claim that wives withholding sex drive good men to rape, and the killers who murder dozens of women as revenge against the ones who wouldn't sleep with them. Because don't all men really have a God-given right to sex? There are people who believe these groups do not deserve the oxygen and publicity, that to discuss them at all is to legitimize and elevate them. A few years ago, I would have agreed. Almost every week for the past eight years, I've spoken to young people in schools across the UK about sexism. But, <clears throat> over the past two years, uh, the boys' responses have started changing. They were angry and resistant to the very idea of a conversation about sexism. Men themselves were the real victims, they'd tell me, in a society in which political correctness has gone mad, white men are persecuted, and so many women lie about rape. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. Oh, in cool. I love... <laughs> No, seriously, though. Uh, in schools from rural Scotland, central London, I started hearing the same arguments. The hair rose on my arms when I realized that these boys who never met one another were using precisely the same words and quoting the same false statistics to back up their claims. Around the same time, I heard the snippets of the rhetoric, the same phrases used in the online woman-hating labyrinth I occasionally encountered as a feminist activist being repeated verbatim by respected politicians and mainstream news pundits. I could see the power of these online messages and communities and started to seep out and affect the everyday lives of people who had never even heard of them. I realized that the ideas previously been had that had previously been confined to the murkiest corners of the internet were taking on new life hiding in plain sight. I no longer believe that depriving these groups of the oxygen of publicity is the best course of action because we're kidding ourselves if we believe that they aren't superb prote uh, propagandists already spreading their message like wildfire. And the spread of that message benefits from our careful silence, our choice to look away. So I don't think they should be ignored. Not because those who spread hatred and sow division deserve a fair hearing. Not to legitimize the rhetoric of extreme prejudice by suggesting it's one side of a valid debate. But because we cannot confront the real threat these groups pose unless we are prepared to look at it directly in the eye. Because right now... These groups have dug their claws deep into teenage boys across the country, and parents cannot fight for their sons if they don't even know the problem exists. Because allowing the manosphere to remain shrouded in shadows lends it a different kind of legitimacy, that kind of scrappy underdog outsider. It allows these groups to claim the mantle of righteous grievance, posing as alienated victims when exposure to the bright lights of day proves their ringleaders to be anything but. So... Over the period of a year, I immersed myself in these communities to find out how this was all happening to expose a powerful hate-fueled force that is currently underestimated by the sect, by the few who know... Oh, sorry, I lost my place there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 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 uh. so over the period of a year, I immersed myself into these communities to find out how this is all happening and to expose a powerful hate-fueled force that is currently underestimated by the few who know about it while remaining invisible to everyone else altogether. I wanted to lay bare the reality of a hate movement, the very existence of which we have completely failed to acknowledge and ask, what is attracting men and boys to this ideology? How does it spread and what will it take to fight it? Some of what follows in this book will be very hard to read. I know lifting the lid on these communities is uncomfortable. I know the graphic and violent nature of the discourse will be shocking. I thought about it and paraphrasing or censoring some of the worst of it, but this is the world I live in. It is the reality of anybody daring to raise their head... Uh, 
and fight for change. It is the daily backdrop of teenage girls' lives. And half of the problem is that nobody seems to understand how bad it is, partly because every time we try to discuss it, we euphemize, allude, and dance around its edges. I can go on a radio to discuss being abused online, but I can't actually say out loud what it is that I am facing. Our collective squeamishness makes it a slippery slope problem to tackle. We have to be brave enough to confront it, so I won't shy away from it in this book. I have an amended smooth or changed quotes taken from online forums. They appear deliberately in their original form. Of course, it doesn't all look like terrorism, murder, violence, or even misogyny on the surface. It would be easier to catch if it did. It has to be cleverer than that. Because the only way it become, can become so wildly, phenomenally successful, the only way it can be so cleverly camouflaged as to be almost undetectable is, is if its arteries creep outward from the black heart of violent hate, wending their way through online pathways and webbing out across social media platforms, splitting and dividing into finer and finer... Uh, capillaries, infiltrating chat rooms, reaching out through message boards, sniffing tentatively at the air, and taking the leap out of dank realms of the internet together, slithering offline, penetrating our pubs and bars, and sliding around our street corners, twirling up delicate, twirling delicately up the wooden legs of kitchen tables, peeping into corridors of power, burrowing into institutions and workplaces, fanning out tendrils across talk shows and newsrooms, taking deeper and deeper root until they're part of the very fabric of our shared consciousness. Meaning that eventually, when the shoots sprout, the fruits bud, the flowers bloom, their taste does not disgust us, their colors don't surprise us because they are familiar and known. Even through their roots lurk the very darkest depths of the same poison that drips through the entire network of veins. Some long-ass fucking sentences, aren't they? They really are. There are commas, there are dashes, lower bases like nah, nigga, more <laughs> sentence. We need oh, more words. Shit. All the words. And that was the intro. Yeah, there's so many things in there that make you think of something, Masita book. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, like, yeah, every every sentence kind of takes you somewhere. I know for me, um, I, I didn't start with incels. I did not know about incels until Elliot Roger, probably like a, a handful of folks out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Elliot Roger was high five. I knew the Manosphere. And I knew the men's rights activists yeah. because um, I started talking to some Australian niggas somehow. Yeah, like <laughs> back in the early days of podcasting. Yeah, like, and I didn't know it. I was just looking for anyone else that wanted to talk about this, you know, patriarchy shit. Mm -hmm. and, and I just happened to come across Australian niggas. They were like, have you heard of men's rights activists? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> and I went and looked them niggas up. And, um, and I'm all about spoilers. What comes up in this book is um, obviously Paul Elam has to come up, mm -hmm. right? And in discussing Paul Elam, uh, Laura Bates points out that Paul Elam said the deal about, um, oh, I want to get put on a jury for a rape trial so yes. I can just say innocent. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, and of course he just said that was satire after that. Mm -hmm. I want to go through my hard drive of my old laptop because I'm pretty sure I still have the podcast episode where Paul Elam said that to his audience and made sure they knew he was not joking. Yeah, there were actual ar articles about it on A Voice for Men that I don't know if he's still in, affiliated with that website, but that was um, like the men's rights activist website for a while. And Paul Elam was very much, um, you know, like a big part of it. But yeah, he actually wrote articles about that, about jury nullification that, yeah, yeah. you should, yeah, you should just do that. I mean, he also wrote the bash a bitch thing, too, so. Yep, yeah, that's noted where they, of course, they always retreat to. Mm -hmm. We were just, just we were joking, kidding. joking. 
goodness. But yeah. yeah, it is hard not to comment while reading. It is. Should yeah. we just switch up and do that? I kind of want to. Yeah, okay. Honestly. So, yeah, so for the next episode of Book Club, we're just going to comment while reading while still keeping it to an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? Once we hit the hour, open up the phone line. Uh, this one, no one's on the phone line. It's the first episode. I expect that, <laughs> right? No one's commenting in the chat. Also, people mostly follow my page for the memes. Yeah. Right? Like, they're like, long-form broadcast. Fuck off. I'm oh, scrolling. that's because someone just said the video ended on Facebook. The video ended on Facebook. Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah. wait. The, um... I did accidentally run it on my personal page for a second, and I ended that. Okay. But it is on the Mr. Williams Laborhood page, and the YouTube is uh, live okay. as well. And uh, Twitch is also live, because you got to be on Twitch now. You do have to be on Twitch now. Yeah. If you're not um, on it's Twitch, on the Laborhood page? Mr. Williams Laborhood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, anyone who's not on Twitch isn't based, as far as I'm concerned. Really? <clears throat> yeah, something else that I find interesting to be in here is she keeps saying... Um, men, but she's clearly talking about white men, but she won't just say white men. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps like men, you know, but like non-white men don't get that. <laughs> like, a very subtle way of saying white men. Yes. Which I, you know, whatever. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. In this book, um, if you think she's going to get into the black manosphere, she does not. She notes that there's this Igmore thing. And I get why it's hard to get into the black manosphere because it's just a bite off of the white manosphere mm-hmm. and they're not as relevant because they're not killing yeah. like the white man is. And also because um, they are really, I think it's different generationally if you're talking to like young white men now who maybe have like less generational wealth than maybe like their great grandfathers did. But yeah. black people have never had that. Yeah. So, like, it's also different um, as far as, like, cultural and social status as well, because most likely if a black man is engaged with this manosphere shit, it's just that guy. He's not coming from, like, a family that has money, or he's not, like, a CEO, or he's not, like, a supervisor, you know? It, you know what I mean? Like, right. he, he doesn't Kevin have... Samuels. Exactly. Like, he doesn't really have as much systemic power to fuck with people. <laughs> yeah, like, Kevin said, like, why niggas, you know Kevin Samuels from his suits, up until he went viral, he was a waiter. Yeah. He was the nigga that some of y'all probably gave a little punk-ass tip to. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, that didn't excuse jack shit. <laughs> but fucking, yeah, like, he was a customer service worker mm-hmm. up until then. Like, uh, and what, he he started going viral when he was, like, 50? Yeah. So, like, really, his whole adulthood, Kevin Samuels was poor. Yeah. Yeah, so like the black manosphere is really black conservatives that just have white manosphere, uh, uh, what is it, uh, vernacular. Yeah. Right? They talk about pair bonding and all that goofball shit. Now, let me take a look in here, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll go to almost anywhere in this thing. It's all for when you start reading a book, it starts getting damaged, but it's, it's good damage. <laughs> like, what's this? Uh, so I'm on page XVI because they should be Roman numerals. Because it's the intro, the foreword. I'm uneducated. It's not fair. The intro is always in Roman numerals. Make things ignorant nigga friendly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so on Roman numeral what? XVI? Uh-huh. That's a good one. I like that one. XVI is 16? Then you're darn right it is. Right? Yeah. Yep. 
that's that's what I thought it was. Well, because the X <laughs> represents ten, yes. the V is five, and yes. the I is one. Yes. I know you didn't just tell us you know how to read Roman numerals after whining. The shit is not ignorant friendly, sir. From the way you sir. said it, it made it sound sense. It made it sound sense. It made it make sense. I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> but right here in this page, uh, we have um, quote. This is not just about women and girls. It is also a battle to protect the boys who are lost, who fall through the cracks of our society's stereotypes and straight into the arms of the communities ready to recruit them, greedy to indoctrinate them with fears of threats to their manhood, their livelihood, their country. Right there is an area where it's like, mm-hmm. could have just said white man. Exactly. She does explicitly uh, say that, though. Like, definitely in this uh, preface and throughout the book, it is noted that there is white business happening here. Yeah, yeah. Even though there are notes where it's like, um, there are the racialized heads on there that call themselves, like, rice cell, which mm-hmm. would be an Asian man that is uh, in, in cell a curry cell, which would oh, be an God. Indian person. Which also, like, why are you calling yourself that? Like, it wasn't embarrassing enough to call yourself an incel. You have to fucking, like, racialize yourself too, nigga. Why? It's and so embarrassing. That kind of ends up making it logical to just center the white men because all of these men of color are centering the white men. Like, one yeah. of the things they have uh, on there is a uh, JBW, just be white. Yeah, and which I mean, it's almost like the um, all those uh, who are them corny niggas who wrote that um, black men are like the white men of black people or something. Oh what, God, uh, the fucking root.com. Yeah, like niggas. like they're literally getting their wish with this. I hope they're fucking happy. Yeah, I hope they're fucking happy. Yeah, folks, I'm telling. Like a lot of white folks follow me. I'm not one of those black people that likes the root. Don't ever leak the root to me. I can't stand the fucking root. The root. To me, as a website, and I've said this before, it is what it is a black child's hair when a white parent adopts them. That's the root. <laughs> All right. And I don't like it. <laughs> right? And and you'd be like, what you would, but the root is to leftist. No, the fuck it's not. No, it's not. The root is very anti left and very pro corporate, like the a motherfucker. Ro- the root is why the police started going to HBCUs to recruit. Yeah. Okay, let's just keep it real. I'm just waiting for the day so I can finally wake up and say the root, the root, the root is on fire <laughs> and we don't need no water. Let that motherfucker burn. <laughs> burn, motherfucker, burn. <laughs> All right, we do bits here. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really curious to see as we go through this book if I'll start getting more compassion. Because right now I'm like, not just angry at like this whole manosphere shit, but this fucking coddling shit. Am I the only one? I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like I'm an asshole. Oh, like what? what the, yeah, I'm not Vosh, nigga. Like, Vosh like, fans, but the, go but, elsewhere. Like, but these poor boys, they're so lost. Nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you that you're so lost that your conclusion was gotta rape some bitches? What, 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 what? That's not lost. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. There's something very fundamentally wrong with you that this was the ideology you picked because this isn't casual misogyny. This isn't just telling some sexist jokes in the locker room shit. Y'all out here fucking associating with men who are bragging about trying to rape and murder women. That's you. There's something wrong with you, nigga. And plenty of other people are not like whatever the masculine thing is and there's still not this. Mm-hmm. Like, even myself, right? Like, uh, 
I I like my face. I think it's pretty neat. I think <laughs> I, I think I got the the bone structure lottery mostly from my mother's side. But at the same time, I don't look like motherfucking Denzel Pac Shakur. <laughs> but I don't trip off that shit. Right. I don't know my height five seven five eight whatever the fuck it is. I know I'm not tall enough to see the top of my refrigerator. I don't go ill and out and being like we're the tall guys. Mm-hmm. No. And you know what else? As a teenage boy, I have been walking down the street, you know, singing doo-wah-diddy-diddy. And I thought, wow, that's a fly, honey. I find her rather attractive. Howdy-do, blah, 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 bullshit falls out of my face. She says, ugh, nigga, you smell like rusty pancakes. Or whatever the fuck. Rusty pancakes? Nigga, how do pancakes even rust? No one has ever said that to me. But, um, but you know, you get turned away. (laughs) (laughs) You get turned away. And you're just like, oh, well, looks like I'll go do something else now. But y'all niggas go and say, looks like I have to kill women now. Exactly. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I can't get past that part. Yeah, and like, again, like, this is going to bring, yeah. Oh, and just also on that note, too, one of the things, and, you know, we talk about all the time, right? Like, especially women who are dealing with, like, street harassment shit like that. It takes, like, 60 seconds from a guy to go to, like, you're so beautiful to fuck you, you fucking whore. I want to rape you. Like, right, you know? But also, like, one of the things that I do not get about it, I really, truly do not understand, is, like, what is going on internally with that sort of behavior? Because how can someone go from, like, I want to maybe date this person, I want to fuck this person, to I want to kill this person? With, like, in a span of minutes. What is that? It's kind of like how deep, like, before you even get to any incel shit, patriarchy has already groomed boys. Yes. To make it that easy. Be it, um, I remember critiques that I would um, hear women say when I was a preteen in my early teens of like these Disney movies are teaching boys that you're supposed to just get a princess. Mm -hmm. These like sitcoms and rom-coms show you that you can do all sorts of goofy shit for 120 minutes of a movie and in those last 10 minutes you get the girl because Mm -hmm. at the end you are a good guy and just deserved it. Yep. And so much of that drummed in, drummed in, drummed in. Like that same boy that said I want to kill you well, when he was four years old and he hit a girl on the playground, all the adults laughed and said it's because he likes her. Yeah. They told him to do that. Yeah. They said you're supposed to be violent, and they laughed and sipped a beer and high-fived while the girl was like, what? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is, a, I have an answer to your question. But I that can... still doesn't. It still doesn't, though, because that's like... No, does not. Because it's so... And I wonder if it's because it's, um, like, we were talking the other day about, like, this incel shit, how they're, like, this manosphere shit, how they're, like, just, like, bring back the Middle Ages, bro. And it's like, no, you don't actually fucking want that life. And you're thinking you do because you've never lived through that shit. Like, you think that it's all good just because you're going to, like, get your government, you know, your government-issued wife or what the fuck ever. But no, you've never fucking had gangrene. You've never really been hungry. Like, yeah, maybe all you had was ramen, but you've never been like, it's January, there's snow on the ground, and there's no grocery stores, and we have no crops. Hungry. Mm. You've never lived that type of shit. And so, like, I think, well, I don't know if I think, I'm just wondering if maybe that's part of the disconnect of, like, what you, the romanticized version of what you think it is versus the reality of how it feels, maybe. Mm. I don't know, because it's still wild to me 
to even with all the, and I get it, there's all these influences and you're, you know, it's okay to hit girls if you like them and boys are supposed to hit things because that's what boys do. But still, you're looking someone in their face and telling them that you want to rape and murder them. That is so insanely fucking violent. <laughs> like, like, um, like what? we're saying it's a romanticized, right? And you mentioned uh, like being in the winter. Mm-hmm. Like, also, y'all niggas, you've been in climate change for a while, and the winters are a bit erratic and funky. Mm-hmm. And some of y'all may live in. Um, parts of the planet where winter isn't much of anything you may have even never seen snow before mm-hmm. and but you see the images the memes right mm-hmm. a guy in the snow with his with his beard and yeah his, his manly face he's got, he's got like some firewood on his back and shit like he's carrying like a dead rabbit bringing it home for dinner it's like <laughs> no my nigga i challenge everything about you Put on a t-shirt and go stand in a fucking blit. Like when the wind is 20 miles an hour and it's snowing, go out in that shit. That shit ain't sweet. You will die very fast fucking around trying to be this fucking big man man yeah. guy. And, and I really wonder if that's a big part of it. Because, well, like I think what a lot of these guys are like tech bro types. Yes. Or like service industry workers. They're not actually even um, men who necessarily work with their hands or do physical labor a lot of the time. And it's wild to me that they just have this, well, I'm just a man. I can inherently do that. No, the fuck you cannot. No. No, the fuck you cannot. I promise you. Like, yeah. Imagine you go out there (laughs) trying to do that and you make one of the first big fuck ups you could make. And you're like, okay, gonna haul this wood because I'm a man. And you pick the wood up without bending your knees and fuck everything about your back up. Yes. Now your back is fucked up. The wood is still there and the snow is increasing. Lay your ass down and die, stupid. (laughs) But yeah, I do wonder if that's like a big part of it is that they just don't, they have this very romanticized version of masculinity and how to be a real man. And it's all based on like, you know, fucking paintings and movies and shit. But that's not how that shit goes in real life. Shit is hard. (laughs) It's really hard. It's a regular fucking job. Mm -hmm. You come across some shit. All right. Sometimes a toilet seat will just break. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. I'm, I'm saying I'm not, and I'm not even going to contextualize that for you. Just know that stupid shit happens in my life. <laughs> trying to do a job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do wonder if that's, um, you know, part of it. But yeah, like I said, I just I just don't get this whole like, but there these boys are getting sucked in and I'm like, <sighs> they're also it, going it, in. Yeah, because I mean, really, like I, I can't. I don't know. Maybe I'm the asshole, but I really, I can't fucking shake it. If your fucking reaction is, if I don't get what I want, I get to kill you. You're not a good person. And you were going to go down some fashy shit anyway, because that's just who the fuck you are. Because what the fuck kind of person? Yeah. Who? Nazis? Nazis? Nazis are down with that shit. Yeah. And if you're (laughs) saying it's that, because, and then like, that's where the niggas, they do what they call talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. Because, right, somebody would take, like, a Tucker Carlson tone, or Tucker Carlson himself. If Tucker Carlson heard us, <clears throat> right. he would be like, oh, or you know what? Nah, let's not go all the way to our right-wing opposition. Let's go to our so-called ally, like a Vosh, yeah. right? Because yeah. he's kind of behind a lot of this shit raising up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> he'd be like, what? So you're just trying to say they're inherently evil? Yes. Well, yes. if they logged into a website and saw that someone typed the sentence, this is why rape is good, and they said, this is the website for me, maybe that little shit was inherently evil. Maybe he's a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> may- 
and maybe there's nothing to fucking salvage there. Maybe. And again, we're going to be bringing in new listeners. So I'm going to say this explicitly <laughs> a couple of times. A few times I'm going to say this yes. to where you get it. And then I'm just going to allude to it. Yes. I think you have to kill them. A lot of them. And not just incels. I'm talking a lot of white men and other men as well. Yes. But my goodness, you gotta start white to start right. Okay? <laughs> That's a great fucking catchphrase, <laughs> let me tell you. But yeah, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I can never find this fucking quote again. I saw it once. I don't remember it verbatim. It's never coming back. It's a great tragedy in my life. Yeah. But um, no, when I was actually studying criminal justice and, you know, doing all that, there was like this fantastic fucking quote, um, you know, from uh, someone that we were like... Uh, he was like a prosecutor or some shit. But basically his quote, the gist of it was, um, there are actually very few truly evil people in the world, mm. like who go out with like malicious intent, but there's a lot more um, sort of ambivalent people who wait to see what we do with evil people to decide whether the risk reward benefit is. Mm. And I feel like that's a lot of this manosphere shit. I feel like, like, if we, okay, so like, for example, right now, a law passed today, um, any type of assault against a woman is a hate crime. Obviously, that's never going to fucking happen. And yes, I know there's like ramifications of whatever. But just hypothetically, right now, any fucking violent crime against a woman is a hate crime. Manosphere shit would dwindle instantly if there was a fucking consequence. See? There still would be some. Like, you still would have Elliot Rogers. But you would have way less of these other niggas in there. And can you tell the audience if you have already read this book before? Um, I have read outlines and cliff notes. I have not read the book in its entirety. Okay, because you're almost doing what they call spoilers. Oh, am I really? Because ultimately... <laughs> I, I don't know what's in the last half of the book. <laughs> I, I, I would love to ask Laura Bates if her, her main goal was this, and maybe not, but, you know, you'll want to clarify. Mm -hmm. uh, but she is making a big argument in the broad thing of this text mm -hmm. that violence against women is terrorism yeah by definition and by intent it is terrorism it literally is yeah. though like and all the way from like the, the domestic violence slap mm -hmm. all the way to the elliot rogers shit mm -hmm. it is all terrorism by mm -hmm. death yeah i don't know if you already read that in this book i did not read that in this book but no i'm actually not super opposed to that idea and i know people will be like oh but it's going too far because you know, sometimes stuff happens, or what if she started it and she hit him and blah, blah. And like, yes, I know all your fucking nuances and caveats. I don't give a shit. Woo! I just don't give a shit. I really fucking do not. Because those are the exceptions and not the norm. Also, <laughs> you know? it just happens? Nigga, so, so what you're telling me is that your neurotransmitters in your brain just happened. But, but look at like fucking Charlemagne, right? Was it sometimes you just, you know, what do you say? You just be pinching? Yeah. Bitching, like, what the fuck is that? No, you don't. What the fuck? No, I reach out with my fucking ashy ass hand and I just rub her shoulder a lot. There's a whole lot of shoulder rubbing in the average week of a Phoenix Kalita. In the yeah. grocery store, at the house, in the car. Hey. hey. Right? Like, that, that's what just happens or mm -hmm. not. No, also, I do that on purpose. Yeah, people go too yeah, far with it and it's ridiculous. Yeah, but no, I, you know, I, I definitely would agree that it's terrorism. But also, um, I think it's hard for people to consider something like misogyny to be terrorism because they just see it as violence. 
as opposed to a specific violence that has intent, right? Because that is what terrorism is, right? It's not just doing like bad things or evil things or hurting people. It's doing bad things and evil things and hurting people to get them on board with your political ideology. Yes. Dan, That's yeah. now tell now look me in I dare fucking anyone look me in my motherfucking face and tell me that a man who just said I slapped that bitch to put her in place didn't do it as an act of terrorism because why did he hit her to make her go along with his political ideology right that's literally what it is like I will not mm. I mean what how, how did it go uh falling back on that ass with a hellified gangster lean getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens Capital S or yes, refreshing double O P D O double G Y D. But then Dre comes in, mm -hmm. right? And he's like, uh, and if the B words talk shit, I have to put, put the, the smack, smack down. down. Yes. Excuse me? Because she said words you didn't like? Exactly. You had to cause physical harm. But uh, downstream in this book, uh, uh, Laura Bates is, again, going verbatim from these incel sites, mm -hmm. no sanitizing their shit. Yeah. And someone is comprehensively articulating that when you slap them, it's basically letting, it's a warning letting them know that I could crush you like a bug, but I'm just doing this. Yeah, that's why, and that's why they don't start with slapping. That's why they start with punching holes in the drywall. Ah. Like, just to let you know, your face is next if you keep acting up. Like, that's fucking terrorism. Yeah. But then also, I think that that idea won't be popular because then we have to really examine, like, what the larger ramifications of that is. So if we're talking about, like, domestic violence being a form of terrorism because you're trying to physically coerce women to go along with you, now we need to talk about male-on-male -male violence as well. And, which, and men don't want to have that conversation. Hell, did you hear what, what I said with the uh, with the damn conservatives? Yes. Right, where it was like fucking, well, because I have a hand, maybe I should fucking smack you. Yeah. And my brain really went to smack first. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, men do that shit with men. Yeah, and men don't want to talk about it. But then also that is like the, um, you know, constraints we have on masculinity in society because nobody wants to be the man who's like, yeah, I got my ass kicked by another man. <clears throat> and so the conversation just doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, and when it's done, like, th here's the fun part, because I, I follow a lot of fucking shit on YouTube because mm -hmm. 18-hour workdays. <laughs> uh, when they do, like uh, like when Ch uh, a guy named China Mac, a, uh, an East Coast uh, rapper, uh, chi uh, Chinese uh, b background, but grew up in New York around mm -hmm. uh, black folks, not in the way of Aquafina, but, like, actually grew up around black folk. Like, he Ooh. is just that. Yes. Uh, he got into a fight with a California artist by the name of A.D. Mm -hmm. uh, A.D. is one of Phoenix Kalita's favorite crip-hop artists, right? Uh, what, 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 how, how does your record go? Um, this on the set, and we about to hit the pin. Was it? You know the one after uh, after Iron Out My Flag? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the homies in the colors all eat. Oh, oh yeah. And we about to hit the street. Yeah, China Mac. Yeah, you got the bandana around the mat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. China Mac got into a fight with that guy. Oh, God. And China Mac went on camera and talked about how he lost the fight. Mm -hmm. And that is seen as like grown man shit. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, even when you do the embarrassing thing, by virtue of being a man doing it, you get congratulated. Or like, what's this fuck? Was it Snoopy? Snoopy like, Badass? At four fades. Four fades. Who's is that? Yeah, for, yeah, <laughs> four fades in a row. Yeah, of course I lost the last two they put on camera. And and another guy from Compton, Bosco, uh, Bosco was like, hell yeah, I took L's, nigga. Because all the L's I took, 
is part of what made me the gangster that I am today. I'm proud of my losses, my nigga. And what are the comments? Yeah, grown man shit. Real talk, <laughs> nigga. Real talk. <laughs> On Vlad TV, one of my favorite things. Anytime anyone squashes a beef, everyone says grown man shit. Yep. Why do you have to announce it? You're all. You didn't know that you were supposed right. to be cordial. See, but then and then, but then I gotta think about this shit in terms of like this manosphere shit. So there are examples of grown men. Doing grown men shit, talking about losing fights. Why are these manosphere niggas still here? Why are you not following those guys? Right, and when you consider, and also why are you following those guys? Those guys are big alpha male millionaires. Right. Why are you fucking following Andrew Tate? Why are you? And honestly, like, I'm not advocating for violence. Okay, I'm just saying if you're gonna pull this fucking alpha male shit, go beat up another fucking alpha male. Keep your hands off the girls. Yeah, how, so, like, how come so many of y'all niggas is alpha males? That math ain't mathing. And also, what? Can, how many times does that study have to be debunked? How oh, many fucking times? The fucking author debunked it his goddamn self because he got sick of this shit. I liken it to debunking... <laughs> okay, I just wanted to say liken because wolves. But fucking... <laughs> but I think that... um. It's been debunked and no one cares. No one cares. This is the kind of thing, right? Because also Manosphere, is con- it's a conservative project, yeah. obviously. Yeah, so facts don't even matter. Yeah, that, and we'll learn more about that in the book. I figure I'm not going to spoil that one. We'll learn about that downstream, right? But, um, oh shit, lost, lost, lost my brain on it. Wolves, conservative project, alpha males, no math. Ah, yeah, because they know they just don't care, mm-hmm. right? Like, because at this point, all conservative talking points have been challenged and debunked on large platforms, small platforms, in conversations, threads, tweets, Facebooks, Instagrams, damn TikTok. There are progressives on TikTok kicking ass, right? They're going for it. So the conservatives know this shit. Mm-hmm. They just don't give a fuck. Which also speaks to what we were saying earlier, like how Vosh would be like, oh, so you're saying they're inherently bad? Yes, nigga, I am. Because you knew this shit going in and you fucking stayed there. Yeah. Nobody made you fucking stay there. That was a choice. <clears throat> to, you know, to, yeah, to be around these people. But the nigga got a job at the Young Turks, so it's like, it's really just all career moves. I mean, it? does that seem shocking considering Chank? Chank doesn't like women either. Chank is Mr. Fucking... Let's fucking lower the age of consent. Man, it's it's wild how that video, like, you actually found the link and the video is removed. Like, it, maybe if you have time to do that again one of these days, yeah. relatively soon, I would like to display that to people. Yeah. That the link to a video where Chank Unger argues that the age of consent should be 14 is gone. Mm-hmm. And and you know when it went when it went away? After the Roy Moore campaign out of mm-hmm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. And now what is available is Chank Unger arguing for it to be the age of 16, which apparently is much better. He found that to be the reasonable number. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's still not okay. Like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. Right. And with Anna Kasparian sitting next to him, not pushing back. It's because she's an innocent looking white girl. I need to put that shit back in the soundboard. I have them. Oh, excuse me. I and have some of her best boyfriends are Mexican. And she hates sex workers. And she, of course she hates sex workers. And Anna Kasparian. White women always hate... Man, she's like has white woman with um, what is it, NIMBY energy, like Karen energy. They always hate sex Not workers. Not in my backyard. Yeah, they always hate sex workers. 
And she sat next to Ann Coulter and said black people are lazy and need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Anna Kasparian is bad, actually. Yeah, Anna Kasparian is bad, but <laughs> yeah. she's an innocent looking white girl, so we're not going to talk about it. No. Well, no. I am. Alone. <laughs> and no it's one just gives us. a shit. <laughs> it's just us yelling, <laughs> yelling at our echo chamber. <laughs> They're actually really bad people over there, you guys. Right? Like, and that's the funny <laughs> shit is like... I think the main thing that makes me a Brianna Joy Gray fan is that they don't like her. Mm, I can see that, though. Yeah, I that's see that. most of what it is, is that they don't like her, but, like, as far as, like, visibility in these mm-hmm. spaces, she's in their league, so they have to deal with her presence. Yes. Because they can't stand her non-compliant black ass. It's kind of amusing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, all these non-racist people, man, the racism fucking hops out, don't it? It Just does. fucking hops and it looks like we're over the hour. There are no uh, there are no comments. Okay, there let me see no if anyone comments. responded on Twitter. And I'm going to look at for uh, callers one more time. And what I yes. think I may actually do for the next one, I'm going to just go ahead and take about $15. Okay, Someone's, uh, yeah. Theo's watching it on YouTube right now. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'll take about $15 or so and, and just promote it on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. and make it another event, huh? Yeah. I'm just agreeing. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Yeah, this shit shit gets me talking. But also with Phoenix and I, this is what I was into when I met her. And (laughs) our thing, we'd be on the telephone and um, and just looking at MRAs profiles on the Mm -hmm. Facebook when MRAs were more likely to and MRAs, men's rights activists. Yeah. um, They were more likely to have their Facebook profiles public as shit mm-hmm. over the years they started making them shits private yeah, yeah. but their shit used to be public and we used to go to their pages and look at them and talk about them and laugh at them if they were you know a certain type of ridiculous yeah, yeah shit do you remember the one with the uh we were talking with the whole emmett till thing right when they put that on a voice for men um i i didn't catch it on a voice for men i caught it on the honey badgers uh podcast okay where i heard karen strawn and somebody blue uh, they were arguing oh, that yeah. feminism is why Emmett Till was murdered because they just believed the woman and that's feminism. Right. Like what? Yeah. You're not trying because, to make sense. But that's, that's actually, so bad but that's actually a backtrack because the first time a voice for men put it up, they specifically noted that it was a racialized violence thing and it was a white supremacy thing to point out how black men are disproportionately <laughs> affected by white supremacy and I mean, of course, obviously, it was still, like, anti-women and feminism and blah, blah, blah. But the point was that black men were more likely to be victimized because of systems of racism. Their fan base lost their shit, and that was how the backtrack happened. And that's when it became feminism's fault, because believe all women all the time, no matter what, no matter how implausible. So, yeah, literally, that's... And that's why I've never fucking, like... Probably, this probably has a lot to do with why I've never been even willing to, like, entertain the idea that people in the manosphere are good people. Because that was, like, one of my... The first thing I saw was bash a bitch. We should have a day where it's legal for men to just hit women in the face. Bash a bitch day. The next thing was the Emmett Till thing, talking about, okay, so racism is real. Oh, our fan base doesn't like it. Just kidding. Bitches be lying about rape. And I was like, whoever the fuck is hanging out with these people is bad people. (laughs) And, like, I have not changed since then, and I think that was the thing. They really looked at the case of Emmett Till and said that it was about women and race wasn't a factor after their audience got mad. So that's who their audience already fucking was. And that's where, like, if you're in the black manosphere, I dead up just don't respect you. Like, I don't respect you to the point of, like, I would just bump into you in public. Like, you don't fucking matter at all. 
Because, like, how much of a fucking coon you are mm. to join this fucking racist-ass shit. Mm-hmm. And, and name yourself. We're the black manosphere. Also, can y'all come up with another fucking name shit? Because, I, like, because I really do hate this whole, like, everything is just a copy of what white people do. Can you just stop fucking copying white people, please? It doesn't really work out for us. I don't know if y'all noticed the state of black people since ever, since we've been on this fucking continent. But I feel like white people does not fucking help us. No. <laughs> like, stop it. Even if, like, yeah, th- yeah there, there is no even if. Fucking doofuses. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to take another look at the book for a second here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's look back at this. Uh, let me flip it to one. Okay. Do they talk about, because um, I haven't read it, Do they? and you went through the whole thing already, do they talk yeah. about um, the false rape allegations and, like, where those stem from? Like, the idea that most rape allegations are fake, do they talk about that in this book? I don't I don't think she goes in depth on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, over here at page XIX of the introduction, uh, jumping into the uh, middle here, Long descriptions about being abused and violated. Okay, she's uh, talking about the messages that she gets. Let me uh, lean Mm -hmm. into this. Why are these men so angry? Why do they hate me so much? Because I started a little website called The Everyday Sexism Project through which people of any gender can talk about their experiences of sexism and inequality. I asked people to share their stories and I gave them a space to do so. And that innocuous, simple act in 2012, ironically the year I started podcasting, was enough to unleash a torrent of abuse that continues to this day, spiking and redoubling every time I talk about the project online or in the media. It follows me to speaking events where angry men hand out flyers calling me a liar or into or into bookstores where they leave handwritten notes in my books warning readers that women lie about rape. Now, what I think ought to be happening there is you know what here i go arguing for a surveillance state Uh. yeah no all those notes should be taken and everyone's handwriting sample should be analyzed and kept on file for further notice yeah i mean because that's uh that's private property that you deliberately damaged also because again if you're hanging out with these people you're a bad person you're probably going to do something bad yeah this is not a benign ideology and i think um always you know we uh talk about you got to talk to the boys and um, <clears throat> I hope that some of y'all bring your boys to this podcast. Uh, that's my best way of being able to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think about that whenever folks are like, well, you got to do the work. And it's like, I I work 70 plus hours a week mm-hmm. <laughs> at my job. Mm-hmm. I will get on my podcast to run my mouth about this shit because I want to, you know, and yeah. also like I take the suggestion, right? Men yeah. should talk to men. Men should talk to boys. But also... These niggas are active. They are doing this. And as I said in another program that, oh, wait, is actually behind the paywall. So you're probably, you probably didn't hear that if you're new. Uh, <clears throat> but you got to warn your girls about these fucking guys. Yeah. Got to warn your girls. Like, sit down with them, play them the shit. And also, get it out of your head that, like, your uh, preteen or teenage daughter just has all this attitude and doesn't want to listen to you. Let me tell you why your teenage daughter or whatever the fuck doesn't want to listen to you. Because they know you're bullshitting them. They know you're withholding shit. They know that you, to some degree, are full of shit when you communicate with them. 
So you got to get ready to get your tone right, get your style right, and talk to your daughter as if you fucking respect her. Mm -hmm. And then she will listen as if she respects you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. And, um, And then also, like, not just your daughters, but kids in general across the board, they like when adults are talking some real shit to mm-hmm. them. They mm-hmm. know that they're a part of something that's relevant, yeah. that matters, right? And and don't make it a thing where it's like, this Saturday, I gotta sit down with you or do this. No, make it casual. Mm-hmm. Fucking break out the laptop, be like, do you see these motherfuckers? And say motherfuckers, do not enunciate the TH, <laughs> all right? Don't be afraid to be cool in front of your daughters. You can be cool, mm-hmm. right? Be like, you see these motherfuckers? And show them these fucking asses. Be like, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers? Yo, do you know if any of the boys in your school are into this shit? I'm telling you right now, better find out if they are, because this shit's fucked up shit. Yo, check out this other motherfucker right here. Talk to them like you respect them. Yes, okay? yes, yes. You don't own your kid. Your kid isn't some fucking stupid thing that you carry around. That is a developing human being. And if you're a parent of any intellectual quality, they're probably not stupid and will be receptive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that too. <laughs> and um, I was going to say, uh, not only talk to your daughters, I mean, you should be talking to your sons too, but talk to your daughters about these men, but also don't brush it off like it's no big deal. Because I see a lot of like people trying to talk to their kids about it, and they're like, oh, this Andrew Tate guy, that's crazy, right? Trafficking, wow, wild, what a loser. And like, that's it. And not really like, no, this is why misogyny is bad. This is how misogyny works. It's always written as some sort of like, wow, that's crazy. And like, it's a one-off and not like it's an entire fucking ideology, um, you know, of young men and boys who are into this shit. Because here's the thing. If you would not let, like, would you let an MRA come to your dinner table and say this shit in your house to your daughter's face? Would you let an MRA come into your house, sit at your dinner table, look at your fucking teenage daughter and tell her that she deserves to be raped? She's nothing but a fucking incubator, right? Like that's her only purpose in life is to suck dick or whatever. Would you? No. Okay. Why do you think it's okay to not take it that seriously when it's online? If you wouldn't let them say it to her face, why would you let them say it to her online and act like it's not a problem? It's not a joke. It's not a game. It's fucking serious. It's not something to be written off. It's not just like, oh, he didn't mean it. He's just online trolling. No. No. Yeah. And maybe, like, uh, I'll, I'll take it to adults, right? Because there may be some adults that are like, well, fucking how do I dodge these niggas in the dating market? Because, like, they do lie. Like, I've, I've uh, joined their little groups and seen them. Like, where they'll be like, oh, yeah, I just walk up and pretend to believe in Zodiac. Like, if they ask me my sign... I just say one that I think they'll like. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking Libra, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Right? So um, <clears throat> I say as far as like if you're a hetero person and you want to be in a relationship with a man but you want to avoid one of these, um, one thing to avoid is men that live by what other men think. Yeah. Are men that are constantly gotta be with the boys. I gotta have a poker night. Gotta have a basketball day. Gotta go out with the fellas. Just mm-hmm. gotta be around the boys. Mm-hmm. Like that association with those men dictates how he treats women. Yeah. Find a man that is an individual, right? That can actually be without other men and doesn't give a shit what they think. And then also, for. Uh, keep it extra dope one that wears their ideology on their fucking sleeve yes right like me i i'm wedded i'm married but if i was single like the pro row hat i wear my pro row hat i have a um 
uh, I wear my t-shirts that say, I believe a, a woman does whatever the fuck she wants with her body. It's all there. Like, um, I, I have my uh, my bump cap that I wear, too. Like, I don't, I really wear it, like, into stores. I don't need a bump cap in the store, but it has, <laughs> it has stickers on it because I want people to see what my deal is, right? Mm-hmm. On the front, it says A cab, including your bastard relative. Yes. On the side is the fictional cartoon character Daria. Mm-hmm. And on the other side is uh, uh, Bernie Sanders because I married a Bernie bro. So you're going to have those. <laughs> <laughs> Right and yeah. um and I wear that shit on my sleeve, mm-hmm. right? Like I think men that want their thoughts and ideas to be some discreet shit or something they brush off, it's because they know their shit is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was young, and um I think a lot of us probably heard this when we were young. You don't talk about sex or politics and one other thing in polite religion. Company. Religion, and as I start to get older, basically. As the Bush administration comes into play, mm-hmm. I'm like, do people not want to talk about politics because they don't want to explain why they're a Republican? Yes. And I think that's what it really is because that really, it leans right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even like the stuff that they're saying in this book, when she's talking about getting these messages, I know what fucking message she's talking about because I get them too. I had a whole ass stalker on Twitter who was using the at Jack the, Re- Jack the Ripper and was literally just DMing me pictures of dead sex workers all the time and asking like, he would literally like send me a picture of like a dead body and then send me a picture of knives and be like, where are you working this weekend? You want to meet up on Friday? Like shit, like none of it ever violated community standards, of course. But, um, but no, that is that shit because, uh, you know, as we're talking about this shit, like even this MRA shit, no, seriously, no, 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 seriously. So Paul Elam said, we should have a bash a bitch day and you liked it. Why did you like that comment? (laughs) Like explain yourself. You think that it's just a game and it's okay that's just trolling. Why do you think it's okay to send uh, violent rape threats to women online in their DMs? Mm. Explain it. No, no, no. Explain it. (laughs) And that's why you're not supposed to talk about things. But that's for me. When dating goes to some of the first fucking questions I ask, I ask very specific pointed questions. How do you feel about um, the breakup of domestic labor? Who does what in your house and who's supposed to do it? That tells me a lot about your fucking feelings right there. Yeah, I think right. in, in my head, if I were to, I, I guess I probably did answer that. Yes, you I don't, did. I don't even remember that, that question. Oh, you said basically the same thing you still say now. Whoever can get to it first can get it done. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah, but no, that type of shit. Like, I ask very specific pointed questions because that will tell you a lot about someone's ideology. And I think that's also part of the problem is that everyone really does put on sort of a nice facade because we don't talk about these things in public. You don't talk about sex, religion, politics, blah, blah, but yeah. um, so you don't actually know what people are thinking. But when you ask questions like that, it does give you an insight into what their ideology is. Because if someone is coming from um, the sort of, you know, traditional misogynistic mindset that women are supposed to do labor, if you ask someone about the breakup of domestic labor in their household, they'd be like, well, that's what women are for. And now you know. Yeah. And now you know. Because, like, nothing good, because nothing good is going to come out of that. You're, you're not going to get less misogyny after that fucking, you know? Or if, they, or if they say the shit that they think they're supposed to say, like, well, I go to work and mow the lawn, mm-hmm. and then she does the laundry and the dishes. And, <clears throat> and it's like, okay, like, this is why words exist. The word pathology exists. Yes. So just extrapolate shit out because people are fucking pathological. I am, he is, she is, they are, all them folks, cis, queer, transgender, 
folks are pathological. There is something they do in one area that tells you how they're going to get down in the next area. Mm-hmm. Not, not, I don't want to say it's not tough. I think it is tough in a world where no one really wants to have these discussions seriously. Yeah. Okay, I think... Uh, I was just checking to see if uh, there were more Twitter. There are no more Twitter comments. And yeah, we we have done a program here. We have done a program here. All right, so I think we come back. Uh, we're gonna read and comment, and yeah. that's how we're rocking this fucking book. I think so. Yeah, read and comment, cause it, it is hard as fuck to just be like, here, let, let, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go to the middle. Let's fuck around. <laughs> we're on page uh, two hundred and forty-eight. I'm gonna try to read without commenting. Um. <clears throat> Ah. Ooh, excuse me. Let's see. Good starting point here. Once again, all of these manosphere tropes and tactics, uh, taking large-scale representative statistics, demonstrating a systemic problem, and attempting to suggest that the problem doesn't really exist because women are asking for it, then reversing the narrative by casting the perpetrators as the real victims of societal bias and oppression, classic incel ideology. Using individual rare miscarriages of justice to suggest that the whole system is unfairly stacked against men and that manipulation and lies by women are widespread, a a tactic beloved by MRAs, which instantly I want to stop and like, because I already know what she's talking about. She's talking about like, well, really, as a black man, I I totally get the truth that they're lying about, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, black men know, like, there are certain times, like, there are certain white women I meet in my life where I'm like, I'm going to stand this many feet away from you at all fucking times, mm-hmm. and anytime there's an area of this building where there aren't other people, I'm getting the fuck away from you, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's just a, <laughs> a factor in white supremacy you navigate as a black man. What's that fucking show Anthony Anderson was on? Anthony Anderson, um, was it the Blackish? Yeah, there, they had a fucking episode about that. Where there was, like, a little lost white girl in their building, and, like, all the black men were, like, taking the stairs because she was in the elevator, and they just would not get on the elevator. She was, like, a child. They were, like, and, like, but they were all late to a meeting, but literally as soon as they all came in, because they came in, you know, separately, they were, like, sorry, I'm late. There was a white girl in the elevator. Sorry, I had to take the stairs. There's unattended white children. Like, sorry, I'm late. There's a white girl. (laughs) But it was, like, everybody knew. Yeah. Like, you can't fucking what? And you know it's so young. (laughs) Like, even before I was... Like, uh, even in my 20s, as a teenager, uh, getting the black children from the foster care house at the private school, like, you know, kids, oh, God, they're gross, and they want to touch everybody, and it's like, but the white kids, they reach out for me, I'm like, don't get the fuck away from me, get the fuck out of here, no, (laughs) right, and and there are black men that aren't going to adhere to that, and, um, I have no sympathy for them. You grew up in the same white supremacy I did. You're acting yeah. stupid. I nigga. mean, it's it's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Um, yeah, but one of the last things I want to say before we actually shut this off is, um, she is the founder of Everyday Sexism. Note in here that she's not talking about black women. I just want to note she's not talking about black women. She is not talking about black women. She is not talking about fucking black women. Because when Everyday Sexism had a Facebook group, it got shut down because of trolls. And all the white people were like, it's because black women were got in there and were too loud and abrasive talking about white supremacy. No, it was because of fucking misogynistic ass trolls sending her rape threats. It was not about black women. I'm still fucking angry about that shit. Black women got scapegoated so 
fucking hard for that shit. You think Laura Bates should probably speak on that? I would like it if she would. Shit, I think, you know what? Given, like, whom you are, <laughs> you could probably shoot that email. I actually might, honestly. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because there was a bunch of, at the time, a bunch of Facebook pages about sexism and, like, very, like, intro-level feminism type shit, basic gender equality type shit. And once black women got in those groups and started talking about intersectionality, right, because we're talking about how black women experience racialized sexism and experience... Um, you know, basically experiencing race and sex in a very different way than black men do and white women do, right? Like, that's yeah. the idea. Be contrary to what the fuck Vouch's goofy ass says, that's actually what intersectionality is and what it's about. And so once black women got in there and started talking not only about sexism they experienced from men, but how their experiences around sexism were different because of their race with white men, and also how white women treated black women, um, you know, because of, like, gender stereotypes, you know, treating black women as, like, masculine, loud, mouthy, sassy, all that type of shit, those groups went down and everyone's like, it was because of black women, it was because of black women. No, it was because of fucking misogynistic-ass white men trolls. That's what the fuck it was. But no one cares. Everyone just blamed black women. Yeah, no one, no one thinks that their slip is showing ever all right folks we're coming back we're reading and commenting <laughs> doing this book it's 2023 uh we're up north where people are literally mowing their fucking lawns yep i shit you not that's where climate change is right now we have seen freshly mowed lawns in january we have do you follow that western traditionalist account on twitter I don't think so. It's like an absolute fucking MRA account type thing, like Manosphere account. Hmm. They have 150,000 followers, and uh, they posted, just as a side note, as sorry, I know, I can't stop talking now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as a side note, um, they posted this picture of a statue, and they're saying a 23-year-old skull. It's a great statue as far as, like, the artistry of it. Like, it's very well done. And uh, they're like, a 23-year-old sculpted this. What's your excuse? But the statue, do you know what Do you know what the statue is? Uh... I see a person gripping another person. It's a rape scene. Yeah, the statue that they went with to display Western art was a rape scene. This is Persephone being kidnapped and raped in a uh, drug to hell. If people know, like, the Persephone story. So, yeah. <laughs> is that like one of those... Uh, Greek uh, Greek myth, yeah. Okay, Greek and Roman stuff. Yeah. To me, those are the same thing. Greek yeah. and Roman's the same, right? Um no but similar i mean i understand why american white american men have kind of a weird fetish for both so there's a lot of overlapping but yeah they, they both really like columns in their architecture you know hmm. um <laughs> they're the same but um yeah so that was like a story that persephone um basically the god of hell saw her and was like mm, that's mine now <laughs> just basically kidnapped her and brought her to hell and then because she ate down there because she was hungry she wasn't allowed to leave because apparently once you eat in hell, you can't leave. There's also the factor of, they said a 23-year-old sculpted this, what's your excuse? Yeah. Nigga, what's your excuse? You didn't make it? <laughs> what the fuck are you posting that for to brag about what the fuck you didn't motherfucking do? I mean, but also, like, aside from the context of the statue, the person who sculpted it was only 23, but they were related. They were from a family of artists and a family of money. They had, like, a three-year time frame where they just got paid to sculpt this fucking thing. Oh. That's why they were able to do it. And that's, and like I said, the artistry of it is great. The story is terrible. The artistry is great. But yeah, uh, uh, this is the type of shit we talk about, this manosphere, plausible deniability, I was just kidding shit. Of all of the fucking statues and artwork that has been made in the Western world, why was your statue? statue that you went with a rape scene a man a god who saw a woman and said that's mine and took her snatched her 
why? Why did you go with the rape scene? But y'all want to like, but, but I'm the bad one because I'm suspicious. Because I think some shit is up. Because I'm not giving you plausible, plausible deniability. I'm the fucking problem here. Fine. I think so. Okay, we need to get food. Oh, yeah, we should probably do that. Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're, we're doing it, aren't we? We are. All right, folks. We are, um, we're going to cringe at ourselves for the way we behave on the weekends. And, uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we're going to couples therapy for Uber Eats. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. The app just be calling just, me, man. I don't know, man. It just be calling me. You're just, you're just, um... Uh, I don't know what flexing your masculinity or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's big man eat food. Big man eat food. Yes. But can we of, normalize bringing pink back for men? I would love that. I don't think it. I think that it never went anywhere. But every generation thinks they're bringing it back. I mean, it never went anywhere. No. Like it's always been a thing. But I mean, like bring it back for real, the way it used to be. Like, blue is for boys, pink is for girls. It used to be blue is for girls, pink is for boys. Like, like from birth shit. Wait, I, who did that? That was very common in, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Told y'all I'm a hood nigga that didn't die. I don't know these things. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, well, I mean, you've heard of Marie Antoinette, right? France. Yeah. Kept, yeah, she's almost, the let meat cake nigga and they cut her head off. Yeah, if you look at paintings of her, almost every picture of her, she's wearing a blue dress. But she's also, she was injured about the neck because her head pieces were very tall. Yes. Or very heavy. Yes. And that where you get the concept of like, uh, beauty is pain for women. Yes. Again, folks, very ignorant. I don't know this stuff. <laughs> I know a lot about misogyny because it pisses me off. <laughs> but other things, yes. I don't know. Yeah, no. But yeah, like if you look at like pictures of like Marie Antoinette, a lot of her outfits are in blue. Very rarely do you see outfits, women wearing pink from that era because pink was a man's color, probably because it looked like dried blood on white things. Um, but and blue was a, a girl's color. Like, yeah, I would love to bring back blue for girls. Come on. Come yeah. on. And a lot of men look really good in pink. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I can see Van Jones rocking a pink tie. He does purple. He Don't do try to take that nigga out his purple ties. <laughs> Or he's going to go back to the old school. He's going to have a flashback to when he made less money. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I got to join the Manosphere now. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I would love, you know, just, I would love, I would like to see it. Yeah? Yeah. It ain't going to happen. It's not. Let's just break. I would, I, I would like to see gender basically abolished, but here the fuck we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the, uh, the, 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 the showing out. And I remember, like, uh, it, it took time. Because I remember uh, when my biological niece was a uh, small <laughs> child, I tried to, you know, I grabbed the football. I'd be like, you want to toss this, toss mm -hmm. this football? And, you know, but she's being socialized by mm -hmm. her biological mother and the world around her mm -hmm. that, like, no, I'm supposed to be a cheerleader. Yep. But then, down the line, you know, life happens. And then I'm up here in another state. She's no longer in that state. We both escaped Florida. I'm almost 40. She's just turning 21. We're in the backyard tossing the football. Yep. And you get it now. Just because you're uh, what we call AFAB or AMAB, a female assigned at birth, a male assigned at birth, does not mean that you are restricted to these activities and yes. these alone yes. or to this um, style of hair and that alone. 
I know I, that's weird for me to say as a bald man, but trust before my hairline just did me greasy as fuck. <laughs> I, like, what a betrayal, little piece of shit. I was 22 and my hairline fucked off. 22. God damn, that's the real misandry, right? But like when I <laughs> male pattern baldness. <laughs> but like okay. when I had hair, I would make little uh, like little braids and twists like in the front, like one or two, and and sometimes just one on the left side. Yeah, that's the crip side. And uh, but have it curl in a way that to some niggas probably look gay, mm. but I didn't give a shit mm. and pull the rest of my shit back in afro puffs because I can wear it how the fuck I want. Yeah. There's no, I'm, I'm not breaking a rule. Like, no one's going to be, hey, pull over. Hey, sir, you need to stop. You're looking way too queer. Stop it. So I well, call him, get Jeffrey, queer. I mean, I think you can get arrested for that in Texas now, but yeah. Damn, what bullshit did they pass now? Oh, basically that um, in an attempt to ban drag shows, basically it's now, I don't know if it actually passed, but they're trying to make it um, a, a fine or a ticket to dress outside of your assigned gender at birth basically and in order to attempt uh to stop drag shows okay yeah so like a man dressed as a woman in any capacity is now like committing a crime apparently but then it's like what is dressed as a woman right because like i want to see them fuck with some scottish niggas and kill that's, right <laughs> that's where what i, I want to see <laughs> I want to see them get fucked up by some Scottish niggas. (laughs) Or like when a judge puts on a robe. Is that a dress? Yeah, or like even um, a lot of the Middle Eastern style, right? Like, I don't know what they're called that the men wear, right? Like, I've never said, like, I don't, what, someone tell me, like the, uh, what, uh, MBS in Saudi Arabia, what the fuck is that thing they be wearing? It looks like a robe, I don't know. Yeah, like, like, even a big dashiki on an African person. Yeah. Like, is that a dress? Yeah. The fuck, what's happening? Or is long hair at all feminine? Does your hair need to be cut short? Does it all, does every man need to have a crew cut? They would love that, actually. <laughs> shit, yeah, I don't like that uniform shit. I remember I didn't like that, like, when I uh, when I moved out to the southeast and, like, I just saw a lot of the guys out there. I was like, y'all niggas look like y'all came off an assembly line. Every single one of y'all niggas has the same fucking haircut. <laughs> They're all trying to be in the fucking Eminem video. <laughs> Right, yeah, like, <laughs> at this point in time, it's like, all y'all niggas want to be in Dipset. All y'all niggas wish you were Jules Santana. Stop it. Be you. Nigga, your name is Christopher. Nigga, be Chris. Nope. Nope. Don't want to do it. Last time I saw the nigga that I'm referencing, they looked like they were about to join the military. I was like, no. <laughs> no, nigga, that is a fucking rape camp of murder and war and torture and fucked up shit. Yes. Do not go. Yes. Right? And I and don't just, uh, like, tell that to men. Like, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll learn, get raped, too. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, little Cuzzo, no. Like, especially, like, because he's a cute little guy. You'll get raped, too. Yeah. And it's not, like, just, like, you, you're gonna get raped because of you look like this. But, like, Predator's target. Mm-hmm. Right? And that little guy, yeah, they're gonna target. Mm-hmm. All right. We keep yeah. we keep tangenting we into just other Just be yourself. Episodes. Everyone else is taken. Yeah. D- d- damn. That. Hey, folks, just be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I'm glad I came up with that. <laughs> That's a little too dope to not take credit for as a man. As a man. <laughs> the misogyny is coming from inside the house. <laughs> nah, not really in the house. We're in the basement. That's the house. Nah. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> 
that that's why that's why the men who hate women hate women. Always facts. Every time a man says some stupid shit, here comes a woman that's like, actually, E equals MC square. Watch, that wasn't Einstein. They come up with that shit. That nigga stole that from a woman, and you know it. It probably did. Maybe not. I no, don't know. he came up with his own shit. Although he was quite um about the gender equality. Oh, he was legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's actually photos of him. Like he actually went to um like all black schools to teach black students. Very unheard of at the time. Hmm. Um. Yeah. And he actually had um some female students who were like pen pals with him, and he was like basically mentoring them and shit. Like he was actually like a pretty lefty guy. But of course, you know, <clears throat> my people always are. Ah. <laughs> And that's why, oh, don't worry, folks. You're going to hear about Jews in this book. There's going to be, there's some commentary. But we actually, we need to do the food. We do need to get food, yes. Do the Puyallup. Do the do. Finally pressing stop. Yes, stop there.